Indianapolis. Go drop in. The moment y'all been waiting for. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are Indy's hip hop station. Hot 100.9. One, two, two, three, three. Hold up. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9 on this Sunday, September 10th, 2023. Of course, coming up on the anniversary of September 11th tomorrow, remembering that day. We are also getting closer to Election Day. Indianapolis is looking for a new mayor. As you know, on this show, we have had now every single candidate that has filed to run in this election season has stopped by this very show. But we've been missing one person. That is Republican Jefferson Shreve, who, guess what, is on the show today. We're going to spend an hour learning who is Jefferson Shreve. Unless you've been under a rock, you've seen his commercials on TV, you've heard his commercials on this radio station and others, probably some ads online, on Facebook, But this morning, you'll get the chance to talk with them and ask your questions when you call our live line. Republican Jefferson Tree, who wants to unseat Joe Hogsett from getting a third term as mayor of Indianapolis, is here this morning to tell why you should vote for him. We'll talk with Jefferson Tree live, and so will you, this morning on Open Lines. As we start the show here this morning, uh, we want to start with uh, uh, an acknowledgement and moment of condolences. Uh, last week on this show, right about this time, uh, I told you that there was a shooting here in Indianapolis that took the lives of two people. Uh, there were several shootings, but one particular shooting uh, involved three people and took the life of one in one single shooting, a triple shooting, and one person uh, was shot and killed at 1230 uh, Sunday morning. So this time last week, uh, we knew of a shooting, but uh, most folks did not know who it was. It uh, turns out it was someone that a lot of people um, knew. That person uh, on paper, his name was Michael Chappelle, um, but to most of Indianapolis, his name uh, was Mike Trees. Uh, there's a special connection to... Uh, that last name, there's only a couple of people who spell their last name Chappelle, like Chapel. And so I texted my former uh, co-host of this show, uh, Ebony, in the middle of the night on a Monday to ask, are you related to the person who on paper is Michael Chappelle? And she texted back, yes, uh, that is my father. Um, so with that said, um, we send our condolences uh, uh, here at the radio station uh, to Ebony and to her family. Ebony, the former co-host of this show, um, who, as you know, has been a journalist in this town for uh, years and has covered uh, crime and gun violence of other people um, quite a bit. And so, unfortunately, she and her family are now part of this latest story of gun violence. There was a memorial for Mike Trees yesterday. You've probably heard a lot of people uh, say great things about him. The man was uh, known, well-respected, as his tagline was well-connected across Indianapolis in the entertainment industry. So folks here at the radio station uh, knew him well. Um, 
And of course, uh, he was also uh, a community advocate alongside uh, his daughter. They've been working on a project over at uh, in Hogville and uh, at Belmont Beach uh, to get that back up and running. And so uh, we start the show with condolences to uh, our dear friend Ebony as she and her family are going through uh, an incredibly tough time. Uh, and of course, all the folks who knew and loved Mike Trees. So uh, to the Chappelle family and to the friends and family of Mike Trees, uh, you are in our thoughts and our prayers, and we are sorry for your loss. Homicides, crime, murder, all kinds of issues are things that you have heard in the commercials for Jefferson Shreve. Uh, as he says, he is the guy who is going to fix crime in Indianapolis, among other things. And so we've heard a lot about why you shouldn't vote for the other guy. But this morning, we have the pleasure of bringing Jefferson Shreve on to the show on our live line this morning. The person running for mayor as the Republican candidate here in Indianapolis for the 2023 cycle is going to spend the next hour with us right here on Open Lines. And from what I understand, he's incredibly excited to be here. Jefferson Shreve is on our live line right now. Sir, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me this morning. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I want to start with just finding out who the heck is Jefferson Shreve. You know, I've seen uh, every commercial. In fact, uh, your money is being uh, well spent uh, because I was watching TV last night and um, I saw lots of commercials from you, uh, multiple commercials. I think you got a new one out. And I know Joe Hogsett had a new one out last night. As well. And in both of your commercials, I'm hearing a lot of why I shouldn't vote for that other guy. This morning, I want to know, Jefferson Treve, why should Indianapolis vote for you? There are a lot of commercials. It's hard for me to keep up with what's, <laughs> what's, what's going for and against me. <laughs> I, I heard there was a new against me one out there, but I haven't seen it yet. Yes. There so is. who am I? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a son of the city. I mean, I was. I, I, uh, my mom and dad uh, met in high school here in Indy, uh, uh, in Center Township at the old Sacred Heart High School. I came into this world at uh, uh, St. Vincent, Saren Falk, now Tech, and uh, grew up uh, on the north end of Perry Township, and uh, we lived uh, on the south south end of Lawrence Township. Uh, went to IPS schools. Um, Went to IU, started a business right out of college. Uh, went up to Purdue a little later, got another degree, built a business. So, you know, before before this year, my identity was as a business guy, mm-hmm. you know, 30-odd years. Mm-hmm. Starting, starting from scratch, growing a small business into a medium-sized business, planted into a, a big business. But along the way, I got involved in city government. I served on our city county council twice and served on the Metropolitan Development Commission, the Police Staffing Commission. But that was that was sort of a side hustle uh, because, first and foremost, I was a business guy. Um, I am today in 2023. I get up and go to work every day on this very long job interview mm-hmm. as a politician. And that's been a different experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm interviewing for a job. And uh, that job as mayor of Indianapolis, there were, Cameron, there were four, four people that competed for the nomination in my party. And I think uh, five people filed to compete with 
uh, Joe Hogshead mm-hmm. in his party. A couple of them stepped aside, but it's a great big field. I think it's the biggest field of people that put their name on the line to, to run that we've ever had. And tells us something. Not everyone thinks that the, the, the current mayor and the current situation is, is, is the way we want to continue for the next four years. You said you grew up uh, on the south side and in Lawrence. Which high school did you go to? I didn't go. To, I didn't go to high school here. I went to a little high school called Silver Creek. My mom and dad moved down there with my dad's work, so I graduated from Silver Creek School, about 650 students, um, and then came back up here um, and um, worked, lived here during my summers while I was at IU. Got some work experience uh, downtown. First time I, you know, I had a professional-ish job as a college student. Was working downtown on Illinois Street, and Indy downtown was vibrant and alive. There's a lot going up, towers going up, and uh, you know, it was. It just felt. It just felt good being there. Doesn't feel that way today. I still got an office that I go into that's just just cat corner to the office I started in 30 odd years ago, and the neighborhood. Just doesn't feel the same. Well, we're certainly going to talk about downtown here in a moment because that's a question that I definitely do want to hear from uh, you on. What is the main issue, Jefferson Shreve? What when you wake up in the morning? What's the first issue that's on your mind that, if elected mayor, you want to tackle first and the hardest and is most important and pressing to you? Okay, so if I get lifted up into this job, you know, I'm I'm scanning the headlines very first thing. What happened overnight? Because what happened overnight in a Shreve administration can't be like it's been through the last eight years. I mean, I, and I did the same thing this morning. I, I'm looking at the, on, the, on the website, and there were five people injured in a shooting on the northwest side, injured in a shooting uh, in a part of town. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm going to keep doing that, too. I want to know what's happening in our city. But we got to turn this around. You said a few minutes ago, I'm going to fix it. Look, I can't make it all go away, but I can I can tell you we're going to manage public safety in ways that are going to turn this trend line around because where we've been the last four years is not where we will stay for the next four years. And, and you know, I can't make this Mayberry, but we just got to manage this in ways that make this city safer. So what do I want to do? With that foundation in place, mm-hmm. I don't want to start growing the city again. I mean, we've just been kind of drifting along. Indianapolis, the city, is not growing. The region is Hamilton, Hendricks, um, Johnson County. I mean, regionally we're growing, but that's because so many of our people are, 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 are moving out of our townships and they're moving out of the city. And so we've got we, we got to we've got to make a city that people want to lay their heads in, that they feel safe in, with schools are decent, and this is what they're going to call home. Let Indy grow, let the whole region grow. So I I, I got to I want to focus on the fundamentals, the foundation, and that's the broken piece today is the public safety side of it, and then aim set my sights on growing in Indianapolis. I mean, you got to grow to have opportunity for all of us. So let me ask you, when it comes to public safety, one of the things that I've heard you talk about over the course of this election season is a public safety director. You want to put that public safety director director position back 
in the office of the city county building. It's a position that was previously held since uh, IMPD and, well, at the time, IPD and the Sheriff's Department merged to make IMPD. There was a public safety director involved, and Joe Hogsett, when he came in, decided that he did not want or need to have a public safety director. He said he would be the public safety director. That's the person that is the public safety director is the person who is between the chief of police and the mayor's office, but also handles things such as, you know, the fire department, EMS, uh, is, is that person in between those offices. Joe Hogg said he said he didn't need that position. He says he is the public safety director as the mayor. You say that's a position you want to put back. I definitely would put that back. I think that's, that's I mean, I don't have to think about that one. Uh, that's something that Joe Hogsett said he was going to do, and he's been he's he's played true to that. Uh, he's his own public safety director, and I would just say it isn't working. You know that model hasn't worked for seven and a half years, uh, and and you know if you're an honest manager, you recognize what's going in the right direction, what's working, what's not, and and you and and you adjust course. If you're on a path that's just failing, the mayor's job's got the great big portfolio. Don't you think public safety is a large enough slice of it in and of itself to deserve the full-time attention of that civilian executive that lives and breathes this space and subject matter-wise knows way more about policing, fire protection, EMS than I do? I don't hold myself out as a, as, as a public safety expert. I hold myself out as a business executive that's going to stand up talent around the street administration to take care of our city. And I need someone that's been had their career in public safety that's going to work with me and agree upon targets that we're going to hit quarter by quarter in terms of bringing problem stats down and other and other areas where we're falling short back up to acceptable levels. And, you know, I need someone that's going to live and breathe this stuff because as mayor, I've got a whole lot of other things to do additionally. I mean, we've got we've got infrastructure challenges. We've got public works. Uh, I mean, the mayor's job is huge. And this uh, the, the complexities of this organization became a lot clearer to me in my time on the city county council, you know, you wrestle with some of the municipal corporations that make up our city and you realize how, how thinly spread a mayor's day and time can be. If you do the job, right. It's not just about photo op appearances, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. You got to really dig in and work with your team Mm -hmm. If you're going to grow an organization, if you're going to improve the organization in Indianapolis, the city of Indianapolis is a big, complex organization. You know, the actual title of the of the of the job is mayor of Indianapolis and chief executive of Marion County. County. Mm-hmm. And every time every time uh, uh, the documents are signed in that official capacity is, is it's both mayor of Indianapolis and chief executive of Marion County. Mm-hmm. And it's a great big county. <laughs> I'm reminded of that every day as I'm running around it trying to get hired for this job. Yeah, it There's is no- actually one of the largest counties in the country. Um, yep. We are on the air this morning with Jefferson Treve, who is the Republican candidate running for mayor of Indianapolis. Jefferson, just this past uh, late week, 
Uh, there were some headlines from the Fraternal Order of Police, who, for the first time in decades, is going to remain neutral in their support of either the Republican or Democratic candidate. In the past two election cycles uh, that involved uh, Joe Hogsett, uh, they got his endorsement uh, both times. Um, the record they, they how, gave him they gave him their endorsement. They yep, did, but not this time. Not this time. However, uh, the record would show um, that the FOP has been quite critical. Rick Snyder and uh, has been very vocal about things that he does not like with uh, Joe Hogsett and his administration. Um, they say that a lot of it started with the response to the um, protests that then turned into riots back in 2020. They uh, quite flat out uh, say that they're still a bit sour about the way um, Joe Hawks had handled that in the relationship with the police in that moment. And so with that said, I am incredibly shocked that you did not automatically get um, that endorsement of the FOP because Rick Snyder, again, has not made it uh, a secret, his feelings about the performance of Joe Hogsett. So from what I understand in the interview that he gave with our sister station, WIBC, uh, he says that, uh, and that's weird to say, our sister station, WIBC, uh, that's still new. Um, he says that you weren't quite specific enough uh, with the officers. Uh, this was not a Rick Snyder decision. This was a uh, vote of the members. It's unclear how many members actually voted on this to remain neutral, but uh, they said that they sat down, they listened to you, they talked, you came in for your interview, just like uh, Joe Hogshead did, and you just simply weren't quite specific enough. So for them, they're not sure what would change between having Joe Hogshead as the mayor of Indianapolis and ultimately in charge of the police department and you as the mayor of Indianapolis in charge of the police department. What is your reaction to that? A couple things, starting with what where you started. I don't think that... Um the FOP or the police are just a little soured on the the lack of leadership from the Hogshead administration. I think uh, it wasn't his response to uh, the riots of a few years ago. It was his, his lack of response. It was his lack of leadership, his lack of direction to our police community. It, essentially, they were left looking for leadership. And, and, and in the absence of it, had to stand aside or stand down. You know, men and women on, on the IMPD are hardwired to want to protect people and property in our city. And when there's no leadership on the scene and you're, you're, you are ordered in the absence of instructions to just stand aside, that is long-term damaging to the morale of the force. So I wouldn't say it was just soured on. I think it's been damaging in ways that have played out in the morale and in the and the that just the the number of members of our force that have left the department to go to to other po- police departments. And we've heard this um, over and over from Rick Snyder. He's been very vocal about his his displeasures, which again is why I was shocked um, that you also did not receive the endorsement. They said it was because you weren't specific enough. Um, what's your response specifically to them saying, hey, this other guy is, 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 we don't want him. He's bad. But the other guy we don't know enough about. Yeah. Well, so the way that process worked, um, one, I, they don't all know me yet. I mean, I've been our nominee for four, four and a half months. And I 
interviewed with the FOP PAC committee, and I'm interviewing with people that I'm meeting for the first time. So they don't know me yet real well. They couldn't because it was the first meeting with all but one person at the table. Mm-hmm. Rick Snyder was not part of that process. Mm-hmm. He's not on that PAC committee. But um, uh, they're in the middle, Rick Snyder particularly, of contract negotiations with the city, with the mayor's office. And, you know, the, the, the reality is that the, the mayor's office is upping and upping and upping what they're paying uh, people to come sign on to the IMPD because we can't we can't bring them on faster than we're losing them. Mm-hmm. And they're upping the signing bonuses to get people on the force. And then the day of the endorsement, the day that the endorsement was going to be offered, the mayor sent a letter out to the membership promising them the moon. And I mean, that that, that letter is in public circulation now, but I was just stunned when I saw the 11th hour promises that the mayor's office was prepared to make to, 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 to get that endorsement. Well, it, it, it had some effect with the PAC committee, but they just make a recommendation to the rank and file membership of the FOP. And those men and women turned up at, at the FOP lodge on Shelby street and they unanimously turned over turned down the recommendation of the PAC board and didn't endorse Mayor Hogsett, even though they're in the middle of contract negotiations with him, even though. And what was the recommendation going to be from the PAC? Beg your pardon? Do you know what the recommendation was going to be from the PAC? You just said they went went against that recommendation. I I, I think the PAC was prepared to say, well, this is a pretty good offer that we got in this letter today. Uh, the Hogshead administration, or X, Y, and Z, I don't know that. I'm not, I mean, it wasn't a mm-hmm. part of the PAC board deliberations, but I know that the membership, the rank and file membership of the FOP voted unanimously not to endorse Hogshead. Well, let's, let's talk. Split. And you know what? I would also, I also, you know, I thought, well, heck, you know, I was hopeful I would get that endorsement. It's an important endorsement. And then some people reminded me that Greg Ballard didn't get their endorsement uh, either in his year as the challenger, which I am, or in his year as the incumbent. Uh, and so uh, it, it, it can be an unpredictable group. So but let's let's they just don't they don't know me uh yeah. Well, let's um, let's get to know you. Let's spend some time getting to know more about you again. Cause we're, we, we've we've got uh, years and years of Joe Hogsett, and I've covered his entire uh, time as mayor. Let's find out about Jefferson Shreve right now. So Jefferson Shreve, it's 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 January 2024, and you've just been elected mayor of Indianapolis. What is the first thing you are going to actually no let me let me change that question it's it's january 2024 you are now the mayor and chief executive of marion county your big issue has been crime um does randall taylor remain chief of impd or do you make a change okay my work starts on november 8th because as mayor of indianapolis you got to stand up a team to be ready to go and take the reins on January 1st. 
So it's a mad hustle. Right after 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 throwing back a beer and raising a toast, mm-hmm. if we're victorious on election night, you got to stand up a team. This isn't like running for Congress where right, you, can, so, you, you, you so, can you you can you can you can you can lolly in there and <laughs> okay. Because, so you know it it might snow on January first. Okay, so and the streets so, so of it's... Indianapolis have to be cleared. And so what I start doing on November eighth is standing up that team of talent to be ready and rolling on January 1st in this city. And the, the most critical hires are that public safety director. Uh, and I will largely lean on the guidance and counsel of that public safety director in terms of figuring out who remains in, uh, in the leadership positions at IFD and IMPD and who's running EMS and other services uh, so I will make that decision uh, with the, the, the coordinated counsel and expertise of that public safety director. Um, OK, so so, is- so hang so hang on. Let's 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 pretend you said November 8th. Let's go to November 10th. And it's you and me. We're sitting in the room. We're strategizing. You you be mayor elect. I'm going to be. Uh, um, I'm going to be the brains of the operation. Who do you want me to call? You're sitting there with the beer in your hand because you're celebrating. I've got a glass of amaretto. Who are we calling? No, that, no, that, that was not, that was late on November eighth. I stuck the beer down on ten. <laughs> hey, hey, that's okay. You can have. A, you I'm can... drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking coffee, and I am working away, buddy. All right. Well, depending on what time it is, I may still have the amaretto. Who is going to be your public safety director? Who are the people that are in mind right now? FOP said you weren't specific. You've had some time to um, process that um, feedback, criticism of not being specific. So I'm asking you specifically, if. If it's not about the chief yet, it's about that public safety director, which you must have thought about, um, as you say, you are campaigning for to put that position back in the city county building. What's your short list? Who are you calling? Yeah, well, that's true. I didn't tell the FOP who my public safety director was going to be, and I haven't I'm not in a position to extend an offer to someone for that public safety director. But we've had talented people and some troubled people in that position that I've had the opportunity to watch as a member of council and as a citizen. Uh, it would be someone less like a Frank Straub and more like a Troy Riggs. Let me just say that. Okay. All right. Let me ask you right now. If, you, if you'll um, bring in someone in that area as a um, public safety director, what right now? would be your, if you had to evaluate Randall Taylor as the chief of IMPD, because you're going to bring your thoughts, and then the public safety director that you're hiring is going to bring his thoughts. What are your thoughts right now on the performance of Randall Taylor as chief of IMPD? Uh, you know, I don't know the man well. Uh, we talked last week. Uh, we had a groundbreaking for the uh, the new stable facilities for the, uh, the, the, the mounted division. Um, my, my my impression of Chief Taylor is that he is a very likable man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a sense for how our broad membership, our, our, our force, feels about him. Sometimes you can have a guy that you think is a great likable guy, but maybe, maybe not the right guy to lead an organization in the challenges of the day. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a sense for how the membership feels about him largely there. So where are you? So, uh, look, so I'm, I'm, I, 
So would you be I, I, making that decision between election day and like not even that decision, but I guess right now I thought that you would have some some research and have these thoughts already so that by the day after the election day, you already know, hey, um, Tim, my new public safety director, here's my list. Who Here's who's going. Here's who's staying. Yeah, um, I, I will have that decision made by the time a Shreve administration takes office, but not on November uh, 9th or 10th. All right, we're going to go to commercial break here in just a second. I want to hit a couple of issues because I'm going to bring the start bringing the callers in. Um, and and in briefly, you talked about um, infrastructure. You were saying at the beginning of the show uh, you were critical of um, the way downtown looks and feels right now to when it did when you first moved in office back there. And let me just quickly set the stage because downtown does – feel different. It feels different now than it did in 2020. Uh, as a reporter, I've been out on the streets. I remember when I was the only person standing, I've, I stopped and took a picture in the middle of Washington Street uh, because there was no cars and it felt like something out of a movie when we were shut down for the pandemic. Then during that time, we also had the uh, peaceful protests and then the deadly riots that followed. Um, there was damage as we could all witness from that situation. Uh, and the emptiness of downtown is not simply because of that. You have people who have never gone back to their office because their jobs are remote. So um, I don't want to make this point about uh, riots and protests. It was a combination of things. But among that, what has changed is that downtown is not necessarily filled with office workers anymore. I mean, you've got all the offices from the city county building related to the courts and jails that are now over off of Southeastern. So downtown has changed for a number of reasons. And what we are seeing now is a shift to make downtown a business area, but also bring in more of a neighborhood. And right now, while downtown looked terrible um, for a while and empty for a number of reasons over the past couple of years, it is undeniable right now that there are cranes in the sky everywhere from um, the hospital that's going up to what's going to be City Market uh, East Market. They're near the City Market. You have uh, the Indy 11 Stadium being built. They're already starting to tear down that building just across from Lucas Oil Stadium. You just had uh, a 30-foot, 30-story skyscraper announced on the property that is the old former uh, City Hall building. Um, And you also have the redoing of uh, Pan Am Plaza, which is also going to have a skyscraper. So undeniably, there was a lot of business and construction, billions of dollars worth. The skyline of Indianapolis is going to look a whole lot different here in the next couple of years. Now, as I set the stage with that, you said um, that downtown doesn't feel the same as it did. And I, I would assume that's probably true from when you moved in, from the time you moved in years ago to right now. What happens next with downtown when Jefferson Shreve is in charge? Well, you're right. We've got this. We've got this broad transition that Indianapolis and other cities are going through as people pull back on the amount of office space that they need because people are working quasi remotely. A lot of firms in, in our city uh, have people in maybe three days a week, not five days a week. But, you know, those leases on offices are usually in 10-year intervals. Mm-hmm. And so as those, as those 10-year leases come up, 
I think a lot of employers uh, that have leased those spaces are going to say, well, we don't need four floors of this building. We need we need two. Uh, we don't need 20,000 square feet. We need 10. And so that's going to present a hollowing out challenge that we face. And it'll present a challenge to the owners of the buildings because they're losing, they're going to lose that, that stream of rent revenue, that lease payments, and some of those buildings will go into foreclosure. We, we heard last week that Circle Tower uh, is in foreclosure right there at the corner where the Starbucks used to be. Um, and that's in part because they lost uh, two key tenants. And we, we, we will face that challenge mightily in this city. And I'm mindful of that I, with my background in business and real estate. I think I'm best prepared to help a city manage through that challenging process. And how will you but do that? We, we got to we, uh, help repurpose a lot of square footage in this city. And not all of it can just be turned from an, from an office building into, uh, into apartments. We've done a little bit of that, but that is expensive. Now, uh, Circle Tower, um, uh, drawing on my real estate background, I would I would tell you that something like Circle Tower that could be repurposed. That would be an attractive building to have condos or apartments in. It's got those. It's kind of terraced setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know that was that's a great looking building. By the so way, I mean, that it is a good. Design. It absolutely yeah, is a good looking building. So it wouldn't cast a shadow on Monument Circle, but uh, wouldn't it? Uh, can you imagine what people that had the money would pay to have condos or apartments in there, those little terraces that would walk out and overlook Absolutely. Monument Circle? Absolutely. That one's possible. But so would if, you if continue the track of making – would you continue the track, uh, I, I would say, to sum it up, Joe Hogsett is saying we need to make in downtown Indianapolis more of a neighborhood. Would you continue that or would you shift and do something different? And what would that difference be? If so, because we've got to take a commercial break. Downtown Indianapolis continues to be, uh, uh, will continue to be a growing neighborhood. And we've got to work to bring the amenities that make it a viable neighborhood. You've got to have, uh, you know, places to shop and Mm -hmm. buy paper towels and do all those sorts of things. But, yeah, we absolutely have to grow the neighborhood that is downtown. Okay, music is playing. Let's pause right there. Jefferson Shreve is on our live line. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Brandon, let's play them all, knock them out. Then when we come back, we're all on the phones with you as you get to ask your questions. Pick up the phone right now, 317-239-1009. You get to talk to Jefferson Shreve next. I'm Indy's Newsman. This is Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. rallies i'm in the driver's seat and this boss wants the boss of all burgers i'm talking about a big buford with two hand seasoned beef patties double cheese and loads of fresh toppings actually no one i'm going with the bogo at a second big buford for just one dollar oh yeah double the meat double the cheese double that legendary flavor for just a buck more whatever you order own it at rallies now half off regular size classic slushies Join Cub Scouts and put your child on the runway to adventure. Cub Scouts have fun, make new friends, enjoy exciting and educational experiences, and learn how to become the best version of themselves. 
girls and boys five to 10 years old can join. Financial assistance is available. Learn more about Cub Scouts and all scouting programs at joinscoutsin.org and watch your child take flight with scouting. If you're a Medicaid member, you should know guaranteed coverage is coming to an end. Keep an eye on your mailbox for important information from Medicaid. When you receive it, go online and enter your updated information to maintain your coverage or to find other coverage if you're no longer eligible for Medicaid. Keep your health and keep your coverage. Learn more at fssabenefits.in.gov. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. So no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Right now, select varieties of ragu pasta sauce and private selection pasta are on sale for only $1.29 each with your card and digital coupon. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What makes Hancock Health a great health network is also what makes us a great place to work, like the independence that keeps decision-making local and the closeness that lets you see the difference you make. Visit HancockRegional.org careers. Reggie was a nurse for 16 years. I had become very burnt out. I wasn't making good money. Then it happened. There was an ad for My Computer Career, and it just spoke to me. My Computer Career was the best decision he ever made. I could study anywhere from my laptop, and I was working in the first couple weeks of me being in class. Reggie hit a home run. The field is teeming with jobs. Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at mycomputercareer.edu. The school is amazing. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. This is one student's experience. Individual results vary. Paid for by up-level rewards, paid participation, and other terms and conditions apply. Act your portrayal. Hey, where did you get all that cash? You mean this $750? Yes, that $750. Where did you get all that cash? Since it's September, I went to SeptemberCash88.com and got $750. You got $750? Yes. Just go to SeptemberCash88.com this month and follow the simple instructions on the site. Once you finish, the $750 is yours. It's that easy to get $750? It is, but only in September. You just answer the basic questions on the site, complete the deals they show you, and get $750 sent to your favorite cash payment app. I'm always short on cash. I'm going to SeptemberCash88.com right now to get my $750. Ready to get your $750? Get started right now at SeptemberCash88.com. Remember, this offer is only valid in September, so go to SeptemberCash88.com. Just go to SeptemberCash88.com. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. Go to SeptemberCash88.com. That's SeptemberCash88.com. Don't wait. It's this month only. Go to SeptemberCash88.com. 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 Don't miss Dead End Media's podcast now on the Urban One Podcast Network. Unscripted, unfiltered, where hip-hop conversations are had strictly for the people. Tune in to shows like Frames Per Second, filled with in-depth discussions on film and television, or Dead End Hip Hop that discusses the status of hip-hop today and its future. Whether it's sports, gaming, cinema, or social issues, Dead End Media is having the real conversations from the Black perspective. Unscripted and unfiltered. To listen, go to UrbanOnePodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
Romance, lies, deception, accusations, true stories. Are you a true crimes junkie? TV One's True Crime Monday is now available every day and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Crack the case with us. Listen to the suspense-filled true life crime stories of love gone wrong on the all-new Fatal Attraction Podcast from the Urban One Podcast Network. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts and urbanonepodcast.com. Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we are back here on Open Lines. I am Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, on this Sunday morning. Right now, it's time to open up the phones. We're on the air this morning with Jefferson Treep. He is the Republican who is running for mayor of Indianapolis. The number to talk to him. 317-239-1009. I'm going to ask you to keep your comments to about 30 to 45 seconds because the phone line's been blowing up the entire time we've been on the air. So until we go off the air, it is you and Jefferson Shreve. Jefferson, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Let's take it from the top. Caller on line one. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Greetings, Cameron. How are you today? I'm good, Paul. You got 30 to 40 seconds. Talk to me. All right, well, then I'm going to go straight to it then. Thank you, everybody, for uh, my concern about me getting well. Uh, Mr. Shreves, in your uh, one of your uh, ads, you said something about uh, taking care of the root cause. The uh, murder rate, the terrorism, the war, the poisons in our foods, et cetera, is done by your race. The only way we're going to get peace here is that you and the rest of your race leave this country, return all of our resources, and so that we can have some peace. So I hope I got my message across in less than 45 seconds. I don't want any response. All right. Thank this you much. A solution. This is a solution, and it's the only solution. All right. Thank you. You don't need a response. We're going to keep going because my phones are hot today, baby. 317-239-1009. That was Paul uh, on line one. Let's see who this is on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Good morning. Hey, turn Hello. your radio down. You're live on the air. Who's this? Oh, this is Anthony Hampton. Anthony, talk to me. Uh, wanted to ask Mr. Shreve how he feels about low-income housing. He had made a comment that he's a businessman and in real estate. Uh, the city doesn't offer low-income housing anymore. Uh, housing is a major issue in the black community, and that's where all the gun violence takes place. So what's his plan on, uh, I know we talk about affordable housing, but a lot of poor black people can't afford uh, what they consider affordable housing. Does he have a plan for low-income housing? We're doing a lot of building downtown, but if you go on the Far East Side, the only thing that they're uh, thriving is a plasma center. There's no grocery stores in most of our uh, inner-city communities. Uh, What's his plan for poor black people? All right, let's let him answer. Thank you for the call, Anthony Hampton. Yeah, Anthony, appreciate appreciate the question. And Hampton. Look, this city needs more and better housing stock. Uh, 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 we just need more of it. And we've got to make it easier and faster for the development community to put housing up. Uh, our, our, our DMD and our Department of Business Services 
have really kind of slowed this process up and added cost layers that they're passing right along to all of us. Indianapolis, I looked at the, the stats the other day for something else. Indianapolis rents went up 8% for, for the year end, for the quarter ended March over a year ago. 8%, I mean, that's, that's way above the inflation rate. And, you know, we, we, we got to get the housing cost growth down, whether you're making uh, rent payments or a mortgage payment. I mean, mortgage rates are also getting up close to 8%. It's getting too expensive. And, the, and, and I know in the black community that home ownership rates have fallen decade over decade over decade. I think since the 40s, uh, mortgage applications in the black community uh, are down dramatically. Uh, look, ideally, people own their home. That's, what's where, that's where we build up our net worth, and that's our safety net. I mean, that's, the, that's what keeps people from hitting, hitting the screen, you know, if they miss a paycheck or two because they've got some equity in their house and some security. Ideally, we want as many people to own their home or their condo as possible, but ownership especially in our black community in Indianapolis, is, is, is too low, and that trend line's been going down for decades. Uh, but the supply and demand fundamentals need to be met by setting the stage so we can create more and better housing all across Marion County. All right. And we can speed that up. We, I mean, a mayor can make a difference because we can speed that process up over at Business and Neighborhood Services. And Cameron, you were talking about all the all the the cranes and the housing going mm-hmm. up and Market East and whatnot. Some some of this stuff just happens without the cooperation of the city. There are lots of people that want to invest in building this city, and they've almost got to work around City Hall to get stuff done. And all the development that we see going on up at the IU Health Campus and the relocation of the med school up there. That's not the city of Indianapolis. That's Indiana University and IU Health and Methodist. And God bless them. I mean, we're thankful to have that investment in our city. But it's not that I, as mayor, am going to be able to take credit for all that when ribbons are cut in 2024 and 2025. Well, I would just say for the sake of time that I think if any of those things weren't happening, I I would suspect you would say that those are criticisms. Why aren't we seeing cranes in the sky in Indianapolis, yada, 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 yada. All right, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. We're staying on the phones with you. You get to ask your questions to Jefferson Shreve. He's the Republican running for mayor of Indianapolis, and he's been with us all hour and is here until 9. You get to talk to him. Let's go back to the phones. Caller on line 3. Let's keep it to 30 to 40 seconds, or I'll have to rush you off. Hey, Who's this? Jefferson and Cameron, you know, Jefferson's right. Most of those buildings downtown are, are, have been abandoned, like the Circle City Mall, who have never paid a dime in property tax. They're abandoned, and uh, what's happening is the Chinese nationals, the Russians, and now the Ukrainians are getting that money that Biden's sending them, coming over here, buying these foreclosed buildings to do whatever they want to do with them. So the remedy is not people calling in begging. They need to be talking about all the jobs that are going to be created with these two high-rises they're going to build. But you know what? It's all cartel labor. They're bringing people in from around the world, refugee from refugee camps, to build these buildings while 
why our people are sitting on the sidelines being told every day that they need to take a belly full of dope and sit around and slobber all day. Look we at the time. That's 40 seconds. Larry, we thank you much. to it to work. All right. Appreciate hey, you. Hey, hey, is that Larry Vaughn? That's Larry Vaughn. Hey, Larry, good morning. He Thanks just, for calling in. Larry just hung up. Yeah. That, oh, okay. That was your potential um, opponent. If he got the Democratic nomination, for those of you who've been with the show, you know Larry's uh, stopped by also as a Wait, candidate for mayor. Larry, Larry would re- turn up regularly at all the committees that I served on on the city county council. Um, <laughs> yeah. He and I don't agree on a, a lot of things, but he's a good guy. I, I, I've had lots of conversations with Larry. If Larry's nothing else, he is consistent. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Caller on line one. Hello, hello, whoa, whoa. Turn your radio down for me. Okay, who's this? All right, we're gonna come back uh, to that person because they, we were hearing nothing but echo on that. All right, let's try caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Anybody home? Jefferson, you're still there, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Morning. Okay, hello. Hey, who's this? <laughs> My name is Linda. I'm calling from the east side. In Mr. Shreve, in your um, – you were stating that you, in fact – have uh, you want to change Indianapolis and you're going to fight for Indy. I would like to know your steps, your steps based on the fact that, one, this is a Republican state. You represent that particular political uh, 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 – God, I can't think now that I'm on the air. Anyway, the thing is this. You're saying that you want to change Indy. We know that Indianapolis, of all the 92 counties, is most disliked by all of the representatives of those other 91 counties. I'd like to know exactly what your steps are and how you're going to change this. You also made a statement earlier about people moving out due to fear. If, in fact, that is actually true, then who are these apartments that they're building on a you know, postage side stamp uh, on every corner? And who are these homes that are going up that cost three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000? Who are those for if, in fact, fear is, in fact, driving people out? Great question. Thank you so much. Jefferson, Linda, you. Thanks. Um, I, I, I want to improve our city. I just change our city, improve it. And I want to work with the members of the General Assembly that could represent the other 91 counties of our state. But I don't think that people around the state dislike Indianapolis. I think sometimes they feel like Indianapolis gets more than its fair share. And I'm going to argue as mayor that we give more than our fair share, that we are a net surplus contributor uh, and we don't get our fair share of road funding. Uh, But, uh, you know, they see some of the amenities that we do enjoy in this city um, with our sports facilities and whatnot. It might generate a little bit of of, uh, resentment, but uh, envy. But you know, we're the engine of Indiana, and so we, we are a net contributor. To Tina's, to and Tina's we need, question. We, we, we need to fight for those resources from the General Assembly. To Tina's question, Jefferson, in your latest commercial that I just saw last night, you the very last line you say in there is that you're going to fight for Indy's right to make our own laws. What did you mean by that? Because I think it ties into what she's asking. Yeah, there, I think that we need some home rule controls that just are appropriate for 
Indianapolis, Indiana's only first-class city to have. Um, I think that having been a district councilor, it ought to be the role of the council member to say, I, look, I want a petition to have a, a no right turn on red at this intersection. I think that that decision should be made locally and not preempted by a member of the General Assembly. Uh, I, you know, I wrestled with those sorts of things on council locally, and I want to see that control stay local because government, and this is a Republican idea, mm -hmm. government that is closest to the people best serves mm -hmm. the people. And mm -hmm. so I will, I will take that argument to Republican members of the General Assembly time and again. Well, I think that's welcome news to a lot of people who what Tina was getting at is we have had lawmakers who don't live in Indianapolis but have made laws specifically that target Indianapolis that says Indianapolis and Indianapolis only, you can't do this. You can't have right turns on red. You can't have a bus line, a rapid bus line. You can't have light rail in your city. Those things that people on the other side of Market Street to Tina's point, have absolutely blocked people who do the job you used to do on the council and said, nope, Indian Fishers, you can do it, or Muncie, you can do it, but Indianapolis, you sit down. Yeah, and Cameron, I don't like that because the General Assembly isn't doing that kind of stuff to Richmond, Indiana. Point noted. 317-270. No. <laughs> I almost gave you all my cell phone number. 317-239-1009. My phone's all red. All the phones are hot in here. 317-239-1009. Let's stay on the phones. Caller on three. Good morning. Who's this? Alan Gardner. Hey, you're live on the air. Talk to me. What's on your mind? I haven't heard him say anything about to do anything about these guns that they changed the law on. Talk to us about that, Jefferson. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, well, Mr. Gardner, I, I a lot about that, and I've taken some heat over some of my thoughts on that. And I've got a, you know, my public safety plans on my freefromair.com website. But you know, I, I, I think that uh, I think it was a mistake for the General Assembly to repeal the permitting requirement for concealed carry. Now that doesn't sit real well with some of the people on my own side, my own party, but. We had permitting requirements for decades, and I don't think that was too going to ask for people to and go through the background check if they're going to concealed carry a, a, a firearm. Let me ask you uh, that I real. Think, let me ask you this real quick, Jefferson. Just just along that, when you talk about the other Republicans, because you are going. Um, against uh, what some of the loudest Republicans are trying to do right now, even the repeal of uh, the, the, the gun permit law was not something that the police wanted. IMPD, state police, all these folks said, hey, don't, please, don't do this, Republicans. Do not do this. And so what we've heard from you a couple of times is, a, is, a, is acknowledging that eh, they've overstepped or they're interfering or that's not what I would want to do as mayor. Overall, because I'm going to go back to the phones, what Republican ideology does Jefferson Shreve align himself with? And what I mean by that is, are you a Ronald Reagan Republican? Are you a Donald Trump Republican? Are you a Liz Cheney Republican? Uh, where do you fall? I'd say I was a Mitch Daniels Republican. Okay. And so that's the, that's the most recent kind of Republican 
model, so to speak, that I'd identify with. You know, Mitch Daniels, let's turn down the volume on the social policy stuff. Let's focus on the economic policy. Let's move Indiana, or in this case, Indianapolis forward. Uh, that's, 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 that's where I fall. And I've, um, and I've also seen on your website, you've got a, 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 a 30 second video talking about abortion. This is one of those national issues where you just say, hey, flat out, um, I'm going to be the mayor of Indianapolis. I have my feelings about um, abortion, saying that you are uh, against abortion. But that is not something as mayor that you plan to use any resources. As you said in the video, you're not going to be sending IMPD out to check to see who's got an abortion. That's not something you care about as mayor. Abortion policy isn't in the wheelhouse of the mayor's office, and I'm not running to make policy on on abortion. I mean, I've got so much to focus on that is in the authority and the wheelhouse of mayor, and that's just not it. I I wouldn't use any resources of the city or IMPD uh, to to play or enforce anything to do with abortion policy. And I'm just, you know, it's been made an issue because my opponent wants to nationalize this race. And well, it's we not just focus on what matters to Indianapolis and what the mayor of the city can do. And while that and, 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 and while he may have raised that issue, we have seen and we are continuing to see across the country where people are overstepping their offices and doing things that are not in their purview, whether they be a, a state senator or an attorney general who are doing as just as you said talking about things and trying to make rules on things and decisions on things that they have no authority over. So I think it is a legit question, and I'm so glad that you answered it and answered it so clearly to say, hey, I'm a, as you said on your website, I'm a Catholic who has, and I have my thoughts on abortion. It's not something that I would do, but it's not something that is, that I'm going to be worried about as mayor. And I thank you for making that clear. If you want to see that video, it is on his website. Bada boom, bada bing. All right, a couple minutes left on the show, Jefferson. Let's get a couple more calls in. All right, everybody, 30 seconds as we get ready to wrap this thing up. Caller on line one, who's this? Name's Jack. Jack, talk to me. I don't have a question for Jefferson, but I just had a comment. Go for it. Everything he's been saying today, you know, it just kind of reminds me of a thing what my father used to say. And is that nothing? (laughs) <laughs> Point taken. Thank you. Thank you. 317-239-1009. Well, Jack made me chuckle there. <laughs> All right, Jack. <laughs> All right. 317-239-1009. Jack, you got a tickle. All right. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? All right. How you doing, Cameron? First of all, I want to apologize. I didn't mean that question like I did last week. So, my guy, I love you. Second of all, I'll get my 30 seconds real fast. And Mr. Shreve, uh, first of all, the Beach Grove mayor says he wants police to just stop people for no probable cause at all. Even if you're just driving through, if you're not from there, just stop them. I see a lot of lawsuits coming up in Beach Grove. Their chief police didn't say that. What's your thoughts on that? And then number two, a lot of the the community is suffering because we are donating and putting too much money into sports programs. We have a $1 billion soccer stadium being built. You've got, we still haven't paid even a quarter of the money for the Lucas Oil Stadium. As a businessman, since you say you're a businessman, wouldn't it be better to build up some of these neighborhoods and things like that? And then I was kind of dismayed when you said Mitch Daniels, Republican, let's not focus on social policy. It's kind of easy for a rich white man to say that. Black people kind of like only got to where we are now because of changes in social policy so you may want to watch that when you say that thanks for my call all right thank you Uh, that's going to be our last question jefferson i know that was a lot but uh do your best on that that was a lot
Yeah, so uh, I didn't read that statement from the the mayor. I don't know if it's the mayor or the mayoral candidate in Beach Grove, but oh, I'm not going to stop people just for driving through Indianapolis for no reason. That I mean, that's not in the cards. Um, um, our sports, sports programs, in the past, there's been a lot of public money that have gone into those facilities. That's true. Um, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, it's a monster. We'll still be paying for that. Uh, but uh, on the Indy 11 Stadium, 11 Park, there is a commitment for some public money from the state on that. But these things have to have to have to make sense. Uh, I'm not prepared to say to the citizens of Indianapolis that we're going to tax all of you so Ursaw Ozdemir can build his 11 Park Stadium. What I like about that project, though, is it takes a dead zone uh, uh, in that that quadrant of our downtown. And, and surrounds it with a lot of multi multifamily. And we need to bring more people into downtown. And that piece of it will be profitable or can be profitable and will help him support the cost of, of the, the uh, soccer stadium. We want to be attractive to young people that want to come and live in Indianapolis, and we know that soccer is a big deal. It's an ambitious project, but we can get there but it's not going to be paid for uh, on the shoulders of all the citizens of this city and this Reeve administration. And Jefferson, I know uh, you've got to go and we've got to go, but in that, you just talked about that Indy 11 soccer stadium. That's something I brought up uh, when we talked about infrastructure of Joe Hogsett. Um, that is something that the mayor has been out there touting as, yes, this is great for Indianapolis. This is something that the city helped. Um, are you saying that uh, what, what, when you get those same, if elected mayor, those same type of projects to come to life, um, are you saying that those aren't something that the mayor's office did or they are? And what would it be under your administration? Because, I mean, undoubtedly, these projects are part of something that the mayor has been part of. And you would, too, as mayor. Oh, I would, because you've got to have the infrastructure, the city infrastructure to support those. But, you know, uh, the, 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 our old south side, you know, we have these forgotten neighborhoods in our city and neighborhoods that were just carved up when the interstates ran through it. And that's close to it. I mean, that's why I, I want to see uh, 11 Park develop and the city infrastructure there to encourage that and bring people into that part of that city. But that's just that's a, that's a close in example of some of the forgotten neighborhoods in our city that we have to thoughtfully work to reconnect and invest in and, 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 and invest not just to bring in young kids just, just out of college, mm-hmm. but people of, of, of all stripes across this city so they want to live here. This city will survive if people choose to lay their heads in Marion County and pay taxes into Marion County and, and, and help us grow. And we will die if we emptied out because we've made it more and more attractive to live in Hamilton County and Hancock County than Marion County. Jefferson Treve, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You've been here for the entire hour, answered all of my questions and a ton from callers. Thank you all for keeping your calls for 30 seconds. We got a lot done. We talked about a lot here in this hour. Jefferson Treve, if you are elected to mayor of Indianapolis, my final question, we've had a pretty good um, track record with the current mayor's office and IMPD and such. Uh, When we call, they come to the show. There are some uh, politicians, some of them particularly Republicans, who only will come on this show and uh, when they are campaigning. Um, Can we get a commitment from you that if elected mayor to Indianapolis, that 
uh, you will continue to show up on this radio station, on this show on a Sunday morning, and talk to the same people as mayor who you asked for their vote from. You got it. You got it. You uh, know, mornings with the mayor or something like that by radio. I love uh, it. Sure will. I love it. All right. Uh, Jefferson Shreve, thank you so much. Uh, we know there's a couple of debates coming up, one coming up on Wish TV and the other coming up on uh, Fox 59 before Election Day, which is on November 7th, 2023. I think this is one of the longest times between those debates uh, and this episode of this show that you will get to learn as much and hear as much from Jefferson Shreve. Sir, thank you again. Cameron, thank you for having me. I appreciate your, your time and your listeners' uh, interest in this race. It's an important one, and this is the most competitive mayor's race that our city will have seen in a long time. And competition is good. It makes us better. That's going to do it on this edition of Open Lines. I'm Cameron Riddle. That was Jefferson Tree for the past hour. If you missed any portion of this show... You can find the episodes anywhere you get your podcast in just a few minutes. I'm back tomorrow on TV, that is, on Fox 59, starting at 4 a.m. And then we're back here, same time, same stations, next Sunday, live at 8. I'm Indy's Newsman. This is Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9.